This reading today is from Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles, the pagans, do the same. Be perfect, be whole, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let us pray together. Oh, giver of all good things, we have received so much this last week. So many things that you have poured into our life for our well-being, for our benefit, for the experience of life that we have. Blessings recognized and unseen, great and small. Oh God, give us grateful hearts for the things that you have given us that make us alive. And among those great gifts, help us to become grateful for the gift of your word, which is for us life. In Jesus we pray. Amen. The way of Jesus is the way of love. And none of the other things that we hear about in the sermon, whether the things that we talked about in the last few weeks, which have to do with our, uh, our acceptance of Jesus's world as an upside down kind of place, or the way that we think about what it means to be truth tellers, or the way that we think about what it means to be people who are committed in our marriage lives, None of those things, the things that have come before, none, nor the things that will come afterwards, the things where Jesus has to say about what it means to pray and fast and give in secret, none of those things will make sense or bear fruit in our lives unless we embrace this passage which is at the middle, at the heart, at the center of Jesus' word in the Sermon on the Mount, the word that we have today, which is about his way of love. Because truth-telling and covenant-keeping and prayer and giving, all of those things come from the heart, the heart of love. And Jesus' way is centered on what it means to be people who embrace a love that is more extravagant, that is deeper, that is willing to be as complicated as the world needs and bigger than what the world knows how to give. It is the very love that the Father himself offers to the world. 
Jesus says, and boy, this was a word meant for the second week of July. Says that the Father sends the Son on the just and on the unjust. And don't you know that was true this last week? Went out to go show up at Adopt-A-Block yesterday. If you were in the group, you saw this picture. If you're in the central Facebook group, I was showing up and I thought, man, it is hot outside today. It is hot out here. And I pulled over to MLK Elementary and it has the thing on the board. And I was like, I want to see what the temperature is reading out there today. And that sucker said it was 185 degrees outside. And I believed it. It's like, I don't know, that might be a little low. But it wasn't any hotter for the holy than it was for the unholy. And it wasn't any hotter for the unjust as it was for the just. And it wasn't any hotter for the unrighteous than it was for the righteous. Good, bad, pretty. Less pretty. Friendly, mean, trustworthy, untrustworthy. They all got the same sun yesterday afternoon. And when it ever decides to rain again, we'll all get the same amount of that too. Because the Father is in the business of giving love in a radical way and providing for the things that we need for life in a radical way. And God's love is abundant and it doesn't just come for the categories of the people that got it all put together. God's love is for us all. His gifts are for us all. And he is providing the gift of life for every last one of us and also for the people that we don't like that much. The way of Jesus and Jesus' followers is the way of love because that's the way of God. God is the one that offers himself in love for his creation. The creation is the result of the love of God. That's the way we started talking about this sermon. And here we find that the sermon isn't only based on the love that God has to offer, but it is based in teaching us to love with that same love too. Teaching us what it means to be a people who receive love and who are also in the process of learn, learning how to give it. Who are learning how to offer love. Love is, of course, the subject of great confusion in our world. Very few people actually know how to answer this question about what is love. There are few people that can help us see what love really means. I want to give you kind of a straw definition, and I'll tell you why it's a straw definition in just a second. But I think love, in the end, what the kind of love that Jesus is calling us to, which we see in the Father, that's where we need to start, with the Father's love, with God's love. I think love is the will, the desire, the will to act for the sake of other people so that they can be fully alive. So that they can be fully alive. 
Now, you don't have to think too long before that definition gets really complicated, and that's okay. That's part of why love is a, we, the best we can do is come up with kind of a straw definition. It's something that you can't just think your way into understanding. You have to practice it. You have to love your way into it, faltering one step at a time, doing one thing that you think is the way of love, and then learning later, what it, reflecting on that action and learning to love a little bit better the next go around. Love is something that you don't nail on your first time at the plate. You don't hit homers without doing a little training. You got to kind of work towards it and work into it. I can't just tell you what it's like. We can describe it, but it's something that eventually we have to live into. Love is also something that in order to really understand what it is, we really need to understand what it isn't, okay? I'm pushing the wrong button every time I read for this remote. Go back and talk about that for a little bit more. We got to talk about what love isn't as well. And really, as we practice love, we have to keep coming back and refining it. And just like Rick carved this bear out of this wood, this is Murphy. Murphy was the trophy for cabin competitions every day. Everybody say, hey, Murphy. Hey, Murphy. Appreciate the gusto. If, you want, if your cabin was spick and span by Rick Barger's standards, <laughs> not by the standards of the world, but by Rick's standards, uh, then your cabin might be able to take this bear and I thought the idea was to take this bear around with you all the time, but y'all, this bear weighs just as much as some of those campers do. Um, carved out of wood, right? And I think Rick used a chainsaw, which is a little concerning, but... Well, you start off with the trunk of a tree, and you take a little off the top. A little bit off here, a little bit off there. Before long, you get... Well, you get something like this, and Rick worked on this for a long time. <laughs> Looks a little bit more like a bear. Loves that way, too. You start off with some understanding of what it is. And as a child, you start off with some understanding of what it is. And as you go into your life, you develop your understanding of what it is. But sometimes you got to come back and revisit that understanding and begin to see some of the things that love is not. Because we accumulate lots of extra stuff that we put into the idea of love. And some of those things don't really represent the kind of love that God wants to give to us, nor the kind of love that we are, are meant to live into. I'll tell you some, uh, a starting point for this. Love isn't attraction. And I mean, attraction in the sense that, you know, we, we fall in love with people that we want to marry and all that kind of the romantic side of love. It, but it, attraction's deeper than that too, right? There are a lot of people that you like more than other people that you don't like as much. There are a lot of people that present themselves as more fun, as more engaging. There are people that present themselves in a charming sort of way, right? There are people that have this sort of attractiveness to them. And it's not just about the way that they look, although the way people look is sometimes built into that. There are a lot of different things that can make people attractive. The kind of energy or vibe that they give off just makes you kind of like them, right? You know what I'm saying? Well, Kelly and I were teaching, I don't know what grade it was. I guess it's fifth and, fifth and sixth graders or fourth and fifth and sixth graders this week. 
whenever they're moving in. And man, some of those kids, I just like those kids. I liked those kids. I'm not even talking about loving them now, but I'm telling you about, I liked them, all right? Like, I like the way that Libby Toppy can like look at me. I don't even know where you at. I like the way she can look at me and utter a joke in a kind of deadpan way. And it takes me a second to figure out if she's joking or not. You know what I'm talking about? You know what you're talking You trained her to do that. Where Kate Marie? Where Kate Marie sitting at? Kate Marie ducking under the pew right now. That girl has a smile that can light up a room. And you know what? I just like her. I think she's fun. I think she's fun. I just like her, right? Like all those kids. Those, we had a great group. group. Elliot was in there. Man, Elliot, you're ridiculous. I like you. You know? So many of the things when we first meet people, we're judging about the way that they can be charming and funny, and we're reading the kind of energy that they, you know, the vibe that they put out. We kind of make decisions about how attractive they are. You know what? There's something to that, but it isn't love. Because love works on a deeper level. The kind of love that God is talking about here works on a deeper level than just the people that we think are fun or engaging or charming and we're just kind of naturally drawn to them because we like them. It's something different than that. And it's okay to have friends based on the things that you like about them and you have fun with them and all that kind of stuff. But don't mistake that for the love of God. Because the love of God is challenging us to love people that aren't in that group. And it's something a little bit different. Love is also not just ROI, right? It's not return on investment. So I'm going to do things for you. And then you're going you're gonna to give it back to me. You're going to do some things back for me. It's not, you know, we would do this thing. We do this thing at camp every day where we scratch each other's backs in the morning. We have a request one day. Hey, can we have a little bit more massage time in the morning? Okay. We scratch each other's back, rub those backs for a while. Maybe massage the calves if we were really feeling crazy. And then we would turn around and we do it the other way. I'll scratch your back and you scratch mine. And there is something for having some wisdom and some savvy about how you pour into other people and what's going to come back out of that relationship. You got a pretty nuanced way of thinking about that, but I'm telling you, that's not the full nature of the love of God. The love of God is not sitting there. God is not, the Father is not saying, well, what if I give a little bit more rain to Seth this week? Maybe I'll get some more out of him. What if I pour a little more sunshine in this part of the world? Maybe I'll get a little bit more back. It's not return on investment. And as much as we think about that, we have to be wise and a little bit savvy about what that means. We need to be really careful about allowing our love, the kind of love that we pour to other people, to be defined simply in the currency of exchange because down that road leads all kinds of manipulation.
when we love people in that way, we become people who love in order to receive, who learn how to give some kindness, hoping it will come back to us maybe even twice as much, right? Make a little return on our investment. And as soon as we begin the road of love as manipulation, we start limiting and we start radically limiting not just how much we can pour out into the world, but we limit who we give it to as well. Because we start seeing people for what they can give back to us. Love, we begin with some understanding of what it is, but we have all these other ideas that it can be. And we, we develop those things because they feel good. Because we learn that if we treat somebody with a kind of kindness and they treat us back with that, I mean, it just feels good, doesn't it? And because we are that kind of rational animal, we start saying, if I do more of that, I'll get more of it. And we find, too, that it doesn't feel that great when we treat somebody with kindness and we get spitefulness in return, when we treat somebody with grace and receive only suspicion or abuse in return for it, we don't like that feeling, we hate that feeling, and we run away from it. And that's what starts turning down the valve on how much love we're gonna be able to give to the world. It's why we speak of the love of God as limitless but we can only speak of our own love as a capacity. A capacity that has limits and bounds. We think about what it means to be people who love not just like we are naturally prone to do or are like love within the natural capacity that we already have. We think about what it means to love from the Father's perspective, from God's perspective. We have to learn to love in new and different ways. And I want to give you three different ways that we can think about that. The first one is I implore you to abandon the scorecard that we use to judge whether or not people are lovable. Now, that's an interesting word, isn't it? Lovable. Lovable, somebody that is easy to love. Somebody that is easy to give love to. And I don't know, I suppose there are people who are easier than others are. But man, that word just kind of drives me a little bit crazy. Because when you start thinking about people, about whether, you know, like, like as if there's some kind of scorecard that you have, and some people will make up enough points, they'll have enough uh, charming points, they'll have enough of a good vibe, they'll have enough good behaviors, they'll be in line with your perspective, they'll have the same conclusions you do, the same postures that you do about any number of things in the world. And they'll either get enough points, or they won't, and they'll be lovable or unlovable. And if that's the scorecard we use, I gotta tell you, we're dead wrong about it because there isn't a person on this planet that ends up coming out unlovable. And any scorecard that we use that says a person is unlovable, it's just dead wrong. 
what we've done when we use that scorecard like that is we start saying that what will really determine how I love somebody is how they are. It's some criteria that they have to measure up to, some criteria that depends on their performance or their nature or their collection of whatever. That's what makes a person lovable or not. And so my ability to love them becomes dependent on them. Can you imagine if God did this, right? Can you imagine if the love of God depended on us? My friends, we have to abandon the scorecard. If you want to have a new scorecard, here it is. Are they a person? And it is a one checkbox scorecard. And if you can check that box, then that person is lovable. And if you think otherwise, you ought to take it up with Jesus. And imagine trying to convince Jesus that somebody else is unlovable. And he will try to, he will, he will absolutely show you how he does it. So abandoning the scorecard is the first thing. And then the second thing is to learn to love. It's kind of related, right? Learn to love from the inside out. Should be right there between those. I don't know. <laughs> learn to love from the inside out. See, when we're, we're using the scoreboard kind of mentality, we're loving from the outside in. We're letting the external determine how we're going to love, right? What I'm talking about is learning to love, let, letting our love grow from within us, from our relationship with God, from the Spirit moving within us. It's something that comes from the inside, and then we move that love outward. Okay? It's not something that starts with how the other person is. We love from the inside out. We pay attention to not just the other people and then we react to the other people, but rather we take, take an active stance towards the world. And we choose, we make the choice that we are going to learn to love other people regardless of who they are and how they act. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said that you shall Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And Jesus says the most outlandish thing after that. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies. And you can't do that if your love starts from the outside and works in. It has to begin with the commitment on the inside that I'm going to love the people out there no matter how they present themselves to me. It moves from the inside out. That's what Jesus' love looks like. It is rooted in our own, our own will to love. Not just our powerlessness before our responses and our reactions to other people. Ironically, because 
Um, I'm completely just going to say, Landon, you got it now, so follow me the best you can. The next one is give up control. See? Ironic. This is where we have to nuance our definition of love. We love other people. We, it is a will to act so that they can live and have fullness of life. And I'll tell you about nuancing that a little bit. I'm pretty sure I know exactly what that means everybody else should do. Because I've got a good idea about what it means for other people to live their fullest life. You know, bless my heart. Sometimes I'm just wrong. And as long as I live a life of love that says, oh, I'm living, uh, my love is I'm loving them so that they will do the right thing. And if I hold that so tightly, love becomes just another way of talking about my desire to control and manipulate somebody else. And you know what? There are times when people's choices leads them into the destructive paths, and I'm not saying we have to just come fully embrace every destructive path that somebody else takes. I don't think that's true. But I think it's also true that the way of love that comes from God the Father is a way that respects the dignity and freedom of other people in making the, own, the choices that they make. Now, I have to be careful. I, 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 I can't wish I could give you a formula for what it means to nuance how what it means to support somebody or to help them learn the boundaries or help them learn the new way. But, you know, it's just person to person. This is hand to hand stuff. And the way of love means embracing somebody else and learning to both help them learn the vision of God's life that God has for them, but it also means giving up control and embracing the other person, not just for who they are and in the destructive past that they're already set in, but also learning to embrace the possibility of who they can become by the help and power of God. We talked a lot this week in our adult meetings late at night, and I want to say something else about those in just a minute, but we learned, talked a lot about, Brian, Brian, Brian talked about the concept of just planting seeds, watering what's there, but you know, ultimately God's the one who will have to lead people to himself. And they have to make the decision to go and to, and to follow and to embrace what God has for them. And there's such a different perspective from somebody that is trying to make somebody take a certain path because we know it's what's best for them. And trying to sow seed and water and pray to God that God will lead it to bear fruit. I wish I could unwrap this more. This is probably four or five sermons all in one little package on this slide. But I know that there's something about love, that for love to be genuine, in the same way that the Father gives us both his great love and wants us to follow his path and wants to give us a certain path of life, but God also gives us a freedom. And that may be the hardest part of God's love for me personally to know how to imitate. These are the most basic things I know how to say. Give up, abandon the scorecard. Learn to love from the inside out. Learn to love in such a way that you're not trying to control somebody else, but you respect and honor their freedom and the possibility of life that God has for them. These are kind of the basic things that I know how to say. And they're hard. 
and they're complicated and they require incredible nuance and they lead to remarkable frustration. But I also believe this. I believe that that kind of love, I believe that kind of love makes a difference. I believe that love, love that is not interested just in attractiveness or in return on investment, love that is not just there for an exchange of value, love that does not look at who's, who deserves it or who doesn't, love that is abandoning that scorecard and instead embracing what it means to love people in all of their fullness before God. I think that kind of love makes a difference, y'all. I think it's what's made a difference in my life. I think it's what makes a difference in the whole world because of the love of Jesus that is bearing fruit in all of the world because of that kind of love. And I got to tell you, I saw it all last week. And frankly, I've seen it in this church for a long time before we even ever put our feet here. That one of the things that I knew about Central is that Central was a place, I'm not ready to say where people loved well, although that's part of it too, but I wanna say something different than that. I wanna say Central was a place where people were figuring out what it means to love well. Where this was, this was a church committed to Day by day by day by day, learning a little bit more about what it means to love people well. Andrea in our meeting the other night, Andrea Toppy said that part of what was happening, so, so I just want to set this up, and I, I, this is not like the kind of thing that everybody experiences at camp, but the adults, okay, after all the kids go to bed and we thank Jesus for that. <laughs> There's, there is rain and sleep falling on the just and the unjust. Everybody's in their cabins tucked away, and the adults gather up in a nice air-conditioned room. Sometimes we have secret snacks that the campers don't know about. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll deal with you later. <laughs> We spend time and we talk about what's going on at camp and we talk about the kids in the room, the kids are, that are at, at the camp and we say, who is there that's needing a little bit of extra love? How is so-and-so doing? We know that they've had a really tough last couple of months. Do you feel like they're getting along with their cabin mates? Hey, I saw that so-and-so was kind of afraid of doing that slip and slide thing at first, but then they kind of jumped into it a little bit. And there's just kind of this conversation about what do we need to do to, to, for, for this kid and for this kid and for this kid so that they receive the love a little bit more tomorrow than they did today. What do they need? I love that conversation. I've loved it for a long time. And Andrea said something that made me understand exactly why I've loved that conversation. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. That conversation over the last seven years is part of why we're at Central. And Andrea described this. She said, I think part of what we're doing here, and part of what I love about this evening stuff, is that we're helping each other understand what it means to love better.
And that's what church is about, y'all. That's why you're here today. Not just for the process of making sure you get your box checked so that God won't be that mad at you this week. We are a community of people that is learning to love better, that is increasing our capacity of loving. Because we believe that love makes a difference. A long time ago, 1969, some crack marketing firm got an order from the tourist, tourism board in the state of Virginia, and they came up with this brilliant slogan, Virginia is for lovers. And I don't know if that's been a thing for their like hotel industry. I don't know how many extra dollars they got. I know they sold a lot of bumper stickers. I haven't convinced for Travel to put this on the website yet. But y'all, Central is for lovers. This church, this community is a place for people who love, who understand love in an active sense and who are going to relentlessly pursue love because that's what we believe we have received from the hand of Jesus. This is a place, central is for lovers, y'all. It's a place where people come to learn to love well. And by the Spirit of God, we'll be able to digest God's word and be able to understand more and more what he has to say about what it means to love other people well. We'll be trained in our minds. Our minds will be renewed. Our habits will continue to change. And we'll be able to see other people for the people that God has created them to be in all of their possibility, which is full of glory. And man, you know it's right. That when we see when we see as God sees, then we can do what God says. God sees a world, however it can be, however mysterious this is. God sees the world as it is and says it is profoundly lovable. And then he says, he speaks to us, follow me in this way of love. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But even beyond that, learn to love your enemies too. Let's pray together. Oh God, may our hearts be more and more open to the word which calls us into the way of love. May our eyes be open to see the world as mysteriously lovable as you believe it to be. And may we have the will and the courage to learn to love, not just like everybody else in the world loves, but to love like you do, loving everyone and embracing their goodness before you. 
And as we love in that way, may people see the love that we have as weak and feeble as it is on some days. And may they give glory and praise to you. And may they come too to learn this way of love so that more and more hearts will be transformed and more people will know the gift of the love of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.